Hi, it's Adrian here, the host of Talk Design Podcast. I would like to welcome you to a special series that I've created with the AIA Austin chapter. This is for their homes tour, which will be held in October on the 22nd and the 23rd in Austin, Texas. This homes tour I've been to many times and it's a wonderful event. It's really well curated and incredible homes on it. And this year we've got homes from a bunch of Austin's best architects and some really exciting projects. I've had the pleasure of interviewing each of these architects about the project and about the nuances of the project. So when you get a chance to listen to these podcasts, you're really going to find out some special little tips and have like a tour from the architect through each of these homes. The other thing that the AIA Austin chapter has done is they've arranged for webinars with the architects who have homes on the tour. These will kick off on the 21st of the 9th, and then they will run through to the 12th of the 10th. If you look up the AIA Austin's home tours schedule, you will find these listed there. This would be something really special. In the meantime, what I would ask you to do is subscribe to the Talk Design podcast. You'll find us online at www.talkdesign.show and on every podcast platform that you care to listen on. If you can subscribe there and then go to the latest series, which will be the AIA Austin Homes Tour. So have a look for that and dig out some of your favorite architects. There's lots to learn. And then if you are going to make it to the tour in person, you will also learn a whole lot more about these homes by listening to what the architects have had to say. You'll also see on our website some amazing photography by Leonard Fomansky, who has done the photography for the tour this year. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to presenting each of these architects to you in this AIA Austin special series. Take care and enjoy. My guest on Talk Design is Erica Haroy from Erica Haroy Architects and Design, based in Austin, Texas. And her home on this Homes Tour edition, so the Austin Homes Tour edition, is the Wildflower House. And the Wildflower House is something really special. It's a remodel and a beautiful remodel at that. And within this journey, she Erica has worked with the interior designer who is the homeowner. And so come along on this journey as Erica describes the home and uh, the site and the journey working with the interior designer as we go along this. So Erica, welcome to Talk Design. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure, hun. Um, let's start out with Tell me a bit about the, the sort of bit of runway on this particular house, uh, because I know it is a remodel and you know Lindsay really well. So take me through that journey and um, then we'll get to the client brief. Okay. okay. Yeah. So um, my client, Lindsay, um, was also a teammate with mine on this project. She was the interior designer. Um, she had bought in 2012, sort of a kind of your standard 1950s ranch style, brick ranch style house, kind of a standard American home. 
um, which means not a lot of ornamentation, big horizontal roof facing the street, um, and just traditional, nothing quite popping out at you from, from, from the street. Yeah, no, um, no discerning features other than it's no a ranch-style right. home. Yes. Yeah, um, nothing too precious. Tell me, with, with that, is um, the neighbourhood. Tell me the neighbourhood and um, what else they would see. Like, will they see more of these style homes, like original ranch-style yeah. homes in the neighbourhood? Yes. What, what I think is kind of cool about the 1950s mid-century architecture is you see these sort of ranch-style homes that have, like, traditional aspects but across the street from her is like a beautiful mid-century, like what more of what you think of as MCM or a mid-century yeah. modern, cool. um, really cool modern house. But most of them were really more like hers where you kind of have a, a mix um, where there's like the form is very simple, but sort of the ornamentation, if you can call it that, because it's very minimal, but it's just like, you know, beadboard in the kitchen and and um, traditional detailing on the windows and doors and traditional door hardware. So um, it's really kind of a mix of, of styles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not so particularly the, cohesive, more just um, eclectic of that time and people's needs. That's right. And, and I've, I've remodeled quite a few of these now. And so I can kind of see that it's just like this, the house is just in this in-between stage. Yeah. Uh, like, like, yeah. So it, it sounds like people at that time, maybe, um, well, that's a whole other story about bank loans, <laughs> but um, yeah. So the, the style is really kind of in between going more modern and traditional. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so this house had, a, strangely, this house has a really nice size around 2000 square feet, oh, okay. but it only had two, two bedrooms. Um, so it had these really nice, gracious, um, formal living room, formal dining room, and then even like a big family den with a kitchen. So these are like those size spaces were really generous, like really kind of how we live today. Those spaces yeah. were that big. Yeah, and I cool. work on a lot of those kind of post-war houses where those spaces are very small, but this house has very generous communal spaces, but then just like kind of two small bedrooms and two small bathrooms. Um, so do you think the house was a custom home to start with? Um, she, Lindsay, my client said she thought it might've been built. Um, I, I, yes. By like a particular homeowner, maybe had it slimmed down to two bedrooms because it just. And, and then added add the other space into the, the other room. So the, possibly, the, the yeah, living area. Possibly. Um, mm -hmm. So when she bought the home in 2012, we sort of joke that she did uh, a quick and dirty remodel. Uh, not that it was dirty. Um, but I wasn't involved in that at all. That's before we met. She basically just opened up the kitchen to the den and sort uh -huh. of painted all that old wood siding that you often see in American old den family rooms, painted it all white, just freshened it up, remodeled her kitchen. And then she turned her garage into a primary suite so that her family could like fit in this house. Um, and, and that was just something I think they did. I think she said in like six weeks or something <clears throat> pretty yeah, just, quickly. Just all necessity stuff. Yeah. But she knew that someday they wanted to do a bigger remodel, that they were going to need to kind of address. She wanted to address more at some point. Um, and so in 2017 is when she um, started looking again for architects. Mm -hmm. um, I was the second architect that she talked to, which is a kind of a fun story for me. I don't know if she wants to share much of that, but it's, it's fun for you me. Can. 
Well, <clears throat> she had hired another architect um, who she still really thinks did a great job, um, but she really wanted to be involved in the design and she wanted to be... Um, the partner in you know, crime. This is a thing that I hear a lot about architects is that you tell them what they want and then they go away and they design the whole thing and they come back and they show you kind of the whole thing, kind mm -hmm. of... Mm -hmm. Not done, but a schematic done. And um, I just end up, I do a lot, I think a lot more talking as I'm designing, meaning that as I'm designing it, I might ping my my client like several times while I'm designing it saying, hey, I know you wanted, you know, a big walk-in closet. Um, would you be okay with this? Or are you okay with your bedroom being upstairs, even though it's a primary? Yeah. You know, there's just yeah. things that you run There's a into. lot of dialogue. Yeah, so I usually ask people that as I'm designing. Um, and so that when I'm presenting it, they know why I couldn't, you know, you can't address usually every single desire or you've got to mm -hmm. make compromises. Mm -hmm. With a house remodel, I think you just always have to make compromises. And I just remember at that first meeting, she told me everything that they wanted. And then she said, but we don't want to go upstairs. We really don't want our kids all upstairs. But I did and see I, a dormer window. Yes, and I told her, <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is what's fun for me is that I said, well, there's no way you, you have to go upstairs. You, and they also wanted a garage. They wanted a garage space. And I said, well, you were sleeping in your garage. So you need to move your master's feet back where it should be, which is downstairs. And, and the garage back to where it was. The garage needs to be the garage. And then upstairs is all of your kids. And I just told her there's, there's no other scheme I would present that didn't start there. And she told me later that she just loved that I was confident about that to just say, no, y'all are, you're going to ruin your yard. There, there's just no way to not go upstairs. Um, and so yeah. that was fun for me to hear her feedback later, because um, I think the first architect really did listen to that. And so they did a whole scheme that didn't go upstairs and it just didn't, for whatever reason, get to where she wanted it to get to. Um, and also I just, you know, I was really clear with her in that first meeting um, that, uh, so it sounds like you really want to be involved in the design. And, you know, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm going to design it, but then we're going to work together on revisions. And then I'm going to design, then we're going to talk, design and talk, design and talk. And then, yeah. you know, once it gets like kind of formed into something we both like, then we start talking to builders. Um, but there's not going to be, I'm not just going to leave and come back with something that you don't even know what where this came from yeah um, yeah it's an interesting distinction that you know like because there is very much a, a split in the marketplace around uh you know architects and designers um that how they approach that and to, to have a, a constant dialogue you know or um means that for you you're getting feedback as you go and they're getting a sense of where you're headed. There's um, not a lot of shock in it, uh, but then there's a lot of them feeling heard in it and a lot of you being able to manipulate uh, what you're designing around that conversation constantly um, because as it's a journey, as you go down the journey, you find little distractions and you find little pieces that um open up to you and as a designer you you're you're heading down that journey the whole time that's what you do but as a client you don't necessarily get to go down that journey 
right. at the same speed as the, as the designer does. In this case, you're going down at the same speed. You're on that. Sa- you're in the same, you know, bus or car or train or whatever it is. You're moving with the project. Otherwise, it's like you you drop out and then you come back in and you drop out and you come back in. Yeah. Well, and I think it was really harder even for a designer to hire another designer. I think that's probably a scary <laughs> process. And I mean, so I really think it was great because she told me, we're not going to tell you anything more than like, we want four bedrooms in a garage and like, huh. obviously, a kitchen, but like, yeah. and I think they wanted a study too, but it, it, it was like, she wasn't going to. You know, she really wanted to see. She wasn't going to over direct you. Yeah. Yeah. Which as you say, is very brave. Like if you were employing her to do the same thing for you. um, Oh, it'd it'd be hard. (laughs) So we've got to give Uh, her, Lindsay, here's a, to you for for actually honoring the process and going on the journey. Um, So tell me with it. So we, we started out with this uh, ranch house. Um, beautiful old brick uh, ranch house that didn't have any really discerning features and we turned it into a we I didn't do any of this so the we is a royal we between you and Lindsay turned it into the wildfire sorry wildflower house um with it being a renovation you already had what was uh where how the house was sited and you said before, you know, somebody else had, had had a design where it covered more of the lot and instead you went up. Uh, tell me about that journey and what you got by staying, by going up um, as opposed to spreading it over more of the lot. Yeah. And obviously she's got young kids as well. So that meant that it gave play space, you know, outdoor space, um, entertaining space that wouldn't have otherwise existed. Yes, going up, um, really, she doesn't have much of a backyard. So she's on a cul-de-sac, and she has a wedge-shaped yard, and her house is set far back in it. So she kind of Uh has a big front yard that's a wedge, and then a small kind of backyard that's very horizontal and broad. And Um, is that front front piece the motor cord as well? Yeah, it's where the the cul-de-sac is. Her driveway just goes straight up to the house, but... So really, if you wanted to add on, it could only be in the front yard, but then that's kind of one of the great things about the house is that it has this great front yard and the whole house is really broad mm-hmm. to the, the cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. Um, so going up to me, um, I do a lot of, it seems like I do a lot of second story additions to older homes and it, it's really hard uh, because I feel like they're, they're done so poorly, uh, the proportions get off or it just looks like a turtle's back is added on, or there's just, it's, to me, it's tricky um, to make a second story addition um, fit well with the, with the architecture. So the strategy here was to just take off the whole roof. And instead of having a low pitch is to have a really high pitch so that we can get the head height that we need and then pull off these dormers so that the kids, each kid kind of has a room and a dormer. It's, yeah. it's full head height upstairs, but it sort of has the appearance of that. It's just popping out of the roof, but it, but it is actually a whole new roof structure. Which um, really just, changes, which really changes the presence and the mass of a ranch house. Yeah, it does. And so in, you know, the, 
it is a ranch house. And we also, I think it wasn't something that we were too worried about being super precious about. Um, like the house had already a really great layout. Like if you looked at the floor plan of the original home, you drive up through the garage, you enter through the back into the kitchen, the kitchen opens to a big family room. And then right there is the formal dining room and the formal uh, living room. And then bedrooms are over to the side. All of that, the way the house was made a lot of sense. So, so my renovation was really stripping down the first floor to get it to make that make even more sense. And then just right. adding sort of a formal um, new entryway that went upstairs to this this other suite. Yeah, which gave you the bedroom. circulation to the to the upstairs. And then also that I think like I looked at the before and after photos that you have. And uh, I think that that it, it's got a whole different level of presence because of that. Yeah. Um, and the house certainly has, you know, like you were saying that that previously it had just its normal ranch house type entryway, which is in under the same roof that runs everywhere and this all of a sudden now has this entry that is quite clear it's the entry and it starts the statement and starts the well doesn't start it defines the journey you're about to take um the, yes. the journey starts before it because you see it so clearly and it it stands apart whilst within the the context of the home stands apart and you clearly know where you're headed right and then, you know, when I showed the, the design initially to Lindsay, um, my, my first design, I think it all just sort of clicked for her. I think she was um, waiting to see that floor plan that made sense to her. And then she was off to the races as far as like. She, um, she was with she, you. Yeah. She just completely was able to fill it all in. Mm -hmm. So I don't often get to work with an interior designer. So this mm -hmm. was like a new process for me. And, um, you know, I, I normally do a lot of the interior design for my own projects. Um, and, but when I first walk into Lindsay's house, you can see that this person, the way they've decorated their home, the way they're living in their home, the things yeah. that they have. You can like tell that, that she's got style or uh, got, a, got that, a, an ability. Yes. You can tell that I can trust her to, to do better than I, you know, that this is going to be great. Do you know, just, um, just as a little segue there for listeners, um, this is a really important distinction. So the, the lines are blurred between, you know, uh, in, in the design industry, between architecture, interior design and interior decoration. And uh, often I have the same conversation with clients where we will do a lot of interior design, um, but we don't necessarily do a lot of interior decoration. And... Um, you know, like if you want to kind of create a distinction here, the architecture is the form and the mass and the flow and the uh, way the house operates within its environment. The interior design is the way you operate within that house. So the way the doors swing, the way um, the layout is positioned, the way the light switches will be, will be the sensibilities that make it a home and some hard surfacing and, and soft surfacing as well. And then interior, so anything that's attached to the home itself and then interior decoration, which a lot of people think is interior design is actually then getting into our soft furnishings and our light fittings and things that tell the intimate story of a home. And so 
architects and and designers often will carry all this weight of all these pieces or that when they need to collaborate or when they want to collaborate or if the this collaboration piece happens it is a journey with holding hands um, so that you get the best out of each of these parts and this being Lindsay's own home her ability to talk to Erica about how she will live and the furnishings. And there'll be a lot of thought given to that right back when Erica's saying, these are the sizes and these are what we're working to. And so it's a, a, if, if you're building a team to do your own home and you're um, wanting to use both of those rather than just one person to do it, uh, then that is, that is get that team together early and make sure that that team um, sees eye to eye. Tension's good because it will mean that you, they'll go deeper, um, but you want them to be on the same page and in the same, you know, car, bus, train, flight, whatever, to get to the same destination. Um, it's a really important distinction. Yeah. And I think architects too, you know, in our kind of formal architecture training, um, you know, I think that we take the structure very seriously and we take like the architectural tradition of the house. I mean, you know, I feel like as I'm designing, there's these rules and the, the rules are just like, the house is kind of telling me the rules of itself mm -hmm. and like what rules mm -hmm. I need to, how windows are going to be, how big they're going to be and what the rules are with the windows. And what's fun about was working with Lindsay is that she's coming from a, a different um you know, her design is thinking about things differently. She's more playful with the structure maybe than I would feel like, oh, that's, you know, I don't know if I, that's not real. So I don't know if I want to do it. Um, but it's, but we did do some of those things and, and like, she's added all this layering to it. Um, just, she, she takes, I think the, the skill of the interior designer is just designing so much farther than I would as an architect doing interior design. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good at picking tile and lighting and color, mm -hmm. but her design is going to just kind of keep going. You know, mm -hmm. um, she just really, she really just like hones in on details to so many more degrees. It, it was really, um, yeah, impressive to watch her go. And, and, it's, and a, it's a genius journey on both parts. It really is. Well, yeah. Well, okay. it is. It doesn't happen without both of you in that space or one of you has to take all of it, you know, and as you say, it gets deeper. So tell me with this home, um, when people come to it on the tour, they're going to get to the front yard there. They're going to get to that, you know, the narrow part of the cul-de-sac, the front entrance before it fans out. And where are they going to go? Obviously, they're going to go to the front door and they're going to take their shoes off and they're going to do all those things. But when they pause at the front driveway and go, oh, I'm at the right space, um, tell me what they should look around and see. What, what would be the key items that you go, this would be, if they just take a breath here and set up their journey, this will be the magic. Okay, so when they walk up the driveway at the home store, they're going to have to take off their shoes and put on booties. That's yeah, the first thing. Exactly. <laughs> right after that, right after that, they're going to be walking through this little wildflower garden. And they're going to be walking by the new big front windows that we put on the front of the house as it's tracing towards the new front entryway. And there you can even start to see into the house and kind of, and, and see all the way through even. And, and the house just has this, 
kind of more, even though it's eight foot ceilings, it's just very open and ha has a kind of modern use of space where they're, uh -huh. where they're, uh -huh. they're open to each other. Um, and you're in a wild, wildflower garden as you've transitioned, as you're coming you are, into yes. the house, which, which is uh, bees, birds, um, you know, scent of flowers and all these kinds of things are going to be part of what's available to you at that point. Right, right. And then and the, the garden is very sort of, um, I don't want to, I don't say messy in a negative way, but like wild. Sure, so sure. It's a wildflower. Like flower. a foil yeah. to the house. The house is brick and metal roof and very like, very you know um, it, it's formed and the and the and the garden yeah the garden is um of nature like it's very loose right and so then you walk in that front door and it's a vaulted space with like a uh, a vaulted um kind of like a barrel vaulted ceiling that heads right up the stairs it's a very sculptural space when you mm -hmm. first walk in mm -hmm. um and and it's it's very formal in that you're either going to the powder room and the study on one side or you're walking into the, the main living room. The house really just sort of unfolds very naturally. It feels very, I mean, I, I did this, but it feels very um, just the way it should have always been. I mean, it really yeah. is the way that it always was. It's just a little more um, worked out. So we, we come through the front door. Do we, um, is, the, is the most magical journey to the left or the right? or to go upstairs, what, where would you take me first if uh, you were just showing me through? I mean, the way Lindsay has it decorated, um, you can kind of just stand in the entryway and feast your eyes on, um, on a lot just there because the, the way the stair wraps up, uh, there's a sort of an asymmetrical thing happening. And she's, we, we made a little niche in the wall that faces the front door that's that's off center that she usually has some flowers in that's sculptural. She has this amazing rug wrapping up the stairs. She's got a lot of art in the house. Um, so, so to your, to your left is a really cool neon light that she has right outside of the powder room. I mean, the powder room, I don't, she has like six or eight design elements in there in this, this small room. Um, so that's worth a look. It's just lots of layering. And then the study is right beyond that. It's, I, you could go either direction and, and lose yourself for a while. But of course, to the left is just a powder room and study. And to the right is the rest of the house. The and then the upstairs house. is just to the kids' rooms. But yeah. um, a lot is unfolding. I, I mean, at, at the same time, there's a lot going on. But I feel like the structure that Lindsay held the interior design to is also clean. She right. had a really good balance of... Um, making a clean space and sort of inserting all of these little areas of interest. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So quirky so, too. Quirky too. Yeah. Well, that's not, her own home. So she's able to, um, to tell a history story. I always think of homes are uh, like often the books and each piece of the book is a chapter. Um, and yeah. then it's a chapter that extends. So even if it's not your first home, you bring things from your first home into your second home and you bring, you know, your family brings things in and there's, there's fabric and history along the way. Um, yeah. And short of losing everything and having to start from zero again, there is always these pieces that, uh, you know, like, um, I don't know whether you're the same as me, but I have things from my parents' home in my home. I have things like that that are little pieces of my history. Um, 
that and, and my wife's history, you know, and then my kids are starting to bring bits of their history that hopefully we'll move out when they move out with them when they move out, but um, we'll keep anything valuable and let them take the rubbish. But that's that part of that journey that, uh, that develops a, a house to being a home. Yes, and yeah. it, it, whilst it can be curated beautifully, it is actually personal. It's actually pieces. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what you feel when you go into Lindsay's house is you feel like, um, she's really curated it. There's nothing about it that feels like this was just bought and unwrapped and put here. It's, it's definitely, um, yeah, there's just definitely a lot of different things she's pulled together and she buys a lot of, um, you know, older furniture items. And I think she's had things for a long, long time too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. She just loves kind of quirky, beautiful things. So yeah, uh, it was a real joy to me to get to do the architecture and then just trust someone to come in and just go, just go with the design. And obviously on the same page enough that you could uh, have a, a, a great conversation. Is there any pieces of the house that uh, we've got the powder room that's worth, uh, all of it's worth seeing, but the powder room, which is a little yeah, sticky head in there and just see that this okay. layering of elements in there. Um, and obviously the fact that it came from a, a roof that was a you know low flat uh well not flat but a low pitched ranch house roof to standing that roof up and creating that extra space upstairs that allowed for the bedrooms and then the dormer windows and the opening of those spaces and before you hinted to the fact that there's when you're in that wildflower garden there's transparency from one side of the house to the other um so that it's allowing the light to flow through from both sides and gives you a sense of being better in touch with nature or better in touch with its environment. Is there any little kind of hidden secrets or little quirky pieces that you go, oh, don't miss this? You know, I I always refer to, um, I was talking to an architect a while ago and he was talking about, um, yeah, well, in this room, uh, there's this uh, shadow in the woodwork on the wall which belonged to an old fishing trophy that uh, was in this house originally. And so you may or may not notice it, but it, the house is historic and it's old and all the rest. And you know, we decided not to refinish the wall so well that uh, it could leave that little shadow of its story behind. Is there things like that in this house that you go just, take the time and search around in this place and you'll find it. Well, there is, um, you know, the new entryway had this vaulted ceiling that left sort of a void above the ceiling and the, the, the very steep roof. And that ended up being a kind of neat corridor between two kids' bedrooms. It's a like a hidden. Oh. Also, Lindsay designed it into cabinetry on either kid's bedroom but they have a secret door that opens in, in a bookshelf. And, and then there's this connected um, secret. So they can, how cool is that? I remember a house on the tour, goodness, years and years ago, where there was a similar thing where there was like a, a ladder in each of the kids' bedrooms. And it meant that they had a, like a, a ceiling type crawl space that was open between their two bedrooms. Yeah. And, um, I think that's a beautiful little cool thing to have, you know, like this yeah. little secret tunnel. Um, 
It's, we didn't plan on that. It just sort of, when we saw the framing go up, I think Lindsay sort of thought this could be a neat thing to, to just connect this. Yeah. And I think it has been fun. I think it, her kids are young enough and they appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. That's, I love those little things. I love those little pieces of personality that a house leaves yeah. behind or a design leaves behind in a home and yeah. uh, taking advantage of them, as you say, in the build stage as well is really cool. Um, wildflowers and uh, the neighborhood. Which neighborhood is this the home in? I I don't I I would have to get back to you on the actual name of the neighborhood. I can't remember if it's yeah. I don't I I don't know what exactly that little area is called. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm. It's in West Austin. It's in it's in West Austin, just on the other side of um, Shoal Creek. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not, it's not like outside of Austin. It's very central. Yeah. yeah. Very central. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I always think, you know, like I come to the tour and I see every house. Uh, that's part of my mission. And that takes a lot of doing over a weekend. But when people, a lot of people I meet that come to the tour, um, and even when I take people on the tour with me, they'll go, I'm only going to go and see these five homes. I only want to see these five homes. And so um, they don't want the phonetic pace of seeing everything. Um, and so in Shoal Creek, there's other homes around that area as well, around this whole area that you'll be able to go to. So this uh, take a, a, a slow journey through the wildflowers here and yeah. um, see what can happen to a ranch house. See, see how it can be opened up and, how it can be made special. And then also the, the power of the team uh, with both yourself and Lindsay creating it. I'm looking forward to being in the home. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Erica, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate yeah. it. And when you go to this home, search around, see if you can't find Erica, if she's uh, on site during those days. Yeah. Um and get her to show you a few little quirky pieces that uh, and part of the journey. Yeah, I'll be there. I will look forward to meeting you soon. Yes, thank you so much, Adrian. This was really fun. Hey, really cool. Really, really cool. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. (laughs) Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of someone and then they went to reach out and then you you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. 
And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.